Welcome to the Connect Raleigh podcast, where you hear the stories, the people, and the places that make Raleigh, North Carolina the best place to live. As one of the most connected people in town, real estate and networking expert Chuck Belden leverages his connections to introduce you to all the reasons why Raleigh is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. If you've lived in Raleigh for years or are thinking of moving here, this podcast is for you. It's local, it's authentic, and it's time to connect you with your host, Chuck Belden. We are back with another Connect Raleigh podcast, and we are kicking off the month of May in the right way. I'll tell you what, the weather has been just absolutely incredible around uh, around the triangle. We've been hitting you know 60s and 70 degree days regularly, got out, played a little bit of golf yesterday, and uh, as spring is springing, spring is sprung, eh, it's on the way. Flowers are coming out. My black truck was covered in pollen yesterday. That's the true sign of spring in North Carolina is the yellow poison. And it's coming, folks. It's coming. But don't let that deter you from your move to Raleigh. Um, it's it's only for a short period of time. So we'll, we'll get past that. But, you know, uh, lots of things happen around here as spring is picking up. You know, just this morning I was looking at comparable home sales for a client of mine uh, who's getting ready to sell his house. And we were looking in his neighborhood to see what's been going on, to see if it's a good time to sell. And this is something I do for all my clients. And we want to really paint the picture of what the market's like. And there are a few things that tell that story. One is how many homes that are similar to the one you're getting ready to list are on the market right now. How many are out there that are like plus or minus 10% square footage, same neighborhood, and you know similar features? How many are out there? Okay, um, That's going to paint the picture of where you're going to fit into the market, into the competition, right? Are they new construction? Are they resale? Are they both? And then we want to look and see what has recently sold and closed because that's what's going to tell us the real story about what pricing has been doing. You know, it's a reflection of the market usually 30 days or 45 days or 60 days prior because if it if it just closed that means it sold probably a month ago. And that data is going to show us what people actually paid for the home. Were they able to negotiate were there incentives, closing costs, uh, mortgage buy-downs, like what happened then? That really tells us, you know, really a better story of how to price your home. Because an appraiser is going to look at that. They're going to see, what did a similar home just sell and close for? If it just sold and closed for $450,000 and you're trying to get $700,000, probably not going to work out. And then the other part that we look at is what's pending? What's recently sold but hasn't closed yet? We want to see that. We want to see how many are selling in a 30-day period. That's going to tell us what inventory is looking like and how long it's going to take to sell through the available homes. And we use all this information to really paint the picture to, to see where your house is going to fit into that, into, that, uh, into that market and see if it's a good time to sell, how we price it, where we put it in these ranges. And what I just found out for this client was if we went back as far as October, in October, no homes sold in his neighborhood similar to his. In November, there was one. In December, zero. January one. And then in February, there were six. 
That's what's happening right now. There was just a big pop, a boom, an explosion in the real estate market. Even with mortgage interest rates being higher than many people want to talk about or deal with, or uh, they do want to complain about it. But even with high mortgage rates or higher mortgage rates, six homes sold in his neighborhood, just like his last month. That's a sign. That's a sign we're coming into the spring market. It's a sign people are getting out of the you know, the, the pause they were in over the holidays. And it's a sign that even with higher interest rates, people still need to buy homes. And so that painted a really good picture for us. And so that's one of the things we do, but that's, you know, going along with, with our spring market here. So pollen and an increase in sales. Um, you know, I'm excited for this podcast episode, uh, because we've got somebody that was recommended to be on the podcast through my networking group. And that's one thing I wanted to mention and feature here. I mean, if you live in the triangle or if you're thinking about moving here, you got to get plugged in. Once you get plugged in and you find your tribe, you find your people, you're just going to fall in love with the area more. You're going to want to stay um, because I think the people and the relationships are the key here. And so a couple of things we've got going on right now. I started this networking group called Connect Raleigh, same name as this podcast. I started it back in 2008. We've grown to over 8,000 members right now. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Meetup. Great place to plug in, meet some people. I suggest you check it out. And we've got cool events happening all month long. On the first Friday of every month, we do a online networking call, a Zoom call. We've got 20 to 30 people that plug into it. And it's not boring. It's fun. You get to be in a small group of two or three people in a breakout room. And you get to really get to know each other, build relationships, network. It's awesome. You can do it right from your computer, your phone, comfort of your own home. And then we do a couple in-person events every month. And so we've got two great ones coming up this month that I invite you to check out. One is on March 10th, Friday, March 10th, and it is at the Drive Shack here in Raleigh. Uh, Driving range, get together, 15, 20 people. We have some food and some drinks in the afternoon on a Friday, hit some golf balls. It's fun networking, and uh, it's been super successful in building my network and many, many other people building theirs. And then on March 17th at 2 p.m., we're going to be at Bowstring uh, Pizza and Brew Yard. Uh, this is uh, FAC. It's called Friday Afternoon Club. We get a group of people together to hang out on Friday afternoon, network, have some fun, kick off the weekend the right way, and build some relationships here in the Triangle. So I would absolutely love to have you join us. Please check those out. You can find them on LinkedIn and or Meetup. And, uh, and that's where Courtney came from. She was introduced to me through some people in my networking group that said, you absolutely have to check her out. She started a small business right as COVID was getting going and uh, has grown it over the last couple of years to be just an amazing small business here in the triangle. It's called Raleigh Cheesy. She makes custom cheese and charcuterie boards for, for catering options. She does in-store training classes and educational seminars. And uh, it's just building a really cool business, a really cool business model. And I love cheese. And if you love cheese, or even if you don't, check out Raleigh Cheesy. So let's jump into the interview with Courtney. All right, Courtney, I am excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you, were, you came uh, recommended by a couple different people to be a, a featured guest on the podcast. So, I mean, that comes with a high level of prestige. How are you feeling <laughs> about that? <laughs> I feel good. I feel good. It feels, it feels hopefully all good things, at least. <laughs> well, no pressure, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's you right. know, you, you and I have you chatted here once before just to get to know each other, and I thought it'd be fun to have a conversation on the podcast. And you know, this podcast is about Raleigh. It's about connecting people to Raleigh. Really, more importantly, it's about connecting people to the cool people of Raleigh and cool stories. And I love just 
I love helping people fall in love with this area. So how about a softball question? Like, why do you yeah. love this area? <laughs> yeah, I have always loved the community atmosphere here. It really seems like people advocate for small businesses a lot. It seems like they're very passionate about what's happening in the city, what's happening even in their towns outside of the major city. And um, yeah, I don't know. There's such great culture here and there's such great community here. It's always seemed like just a great place to live from all aspects. That's that's a that's one of my favorites too. You know, I, I think I've said it on here multiple times, but it's such a collaborative city. It's such Absolutely. a, there's this entrepreneurial spirit here. And, you know, again, maybe it's all I see because that's what I do. And maybe you see more of it because it's what you do, but there's this entrepreneurial spirit here with this just collaborative mm -hmm. feeling where people want to help each other out. Yes, absolutely. That is definitely, I think getting into my business over the past four years, I've seen this whole other side of Raleigh of it just coming alive, people coming out of the woodworks to support small businesses and like wanting to collaborate and like, oh yeah, like we can help each other out. And there's so much of that happening for sure. Uh, so you're a newish entrepreneur in the last four or five years, right? Like, yeah. um, well, you know, I want to talk about that because you came from a different background in, in teaching, right. And now owning yes. your own business. Was that yes. an easy transition for you or was that hard? Um, it felt pretty natural to me. I'm, I've always kind of had a side hustle, um, on the side of teaching. I, because you did wanted like, to, or you had to like the teaching question, uh, I guess. Wanted to, but also it was the nice yeah. additional income, yeah. you know, I wasn't like raking it in being a teacher. Yeah. So having the extra, you know, expendable income was a nice little bonus, Absolutely. but I, I did. I did like hand lettering and calligraphy for weddings and stuff. Um, and I did that for four or five years before I did any of the cheese board stuff. So um, I, I kind of knew generally how the wedding, how well inundated the wedding industry is here in the triangle and how big it is and how many different facets there are and stuff. And so I kind of, got in the loop with that, but it, it never became anything larger. Um, and so when I started Raleigh Cheesy in 2019 and it took off very quickly, that's the only thing that caught me off guard was before I had done this, I'd been hustling this hand lettering gig for years and it never was growing. And I just kind of accepted that like, okay, this is as big as it's going to get. And that's okay. Like, yeah. What do you, and then, yeah. So what do you, so your business took off in 2019 and you, you know, I, I, I'm sure you did a million, you know, a million things to make that happen. And as an outsider looking in, I feel like there was also this cheese board movement happening at that time. <laughs> I was seeing it everywhere. Am I wrong? Yes. Uh, no, I definitely think it got started pretty soon after I had started here. Um, but at the time I started, there were a few girls around the nation who were doing it. Um, and I was following them kind of getting inspiration, but there wasn't really anybody in the triangle doing it yet. And it felt like I caught the front 
I caught the best wave at the right time, you know? And then it was like, oh, everyone's into surfing now. (laughs) Let's, let's all surf. And I was like, I've been surfing for three months. (laughs) You know, it's, you know, uh, I love this, um, this saying or this definition of, of good luck and good luck is just when preparation meets opportunity. For sure. For sure. It was the exact right time, the exact right moment. Um, seemed like the triangle was definitely ready for it. And so, yes. What did you, what did you love about, of making cheese boards and shark? Yeah. Like, how did you get going with that? Yeah, I, um, it was very much that kind of creative outlet that I needed at the time. I was, um, in a pretty high stress job with teaching and getting really burnt out and felt like I just needed to put my hand to something, um, creative and I've always loved food. I've always loved art. Um, and my mom had actually sent me a couple of Instagrams of these girls around the nation doing it. And she was like, you could totally do this. Like, this is right up your alley. And so for my daughter's second birthday, July, 2019, we like made one together. I was like, this is the best thing ever. Like, I loved it so much. And I thought I was so good at it. I was like, I have found my, I was not like, you look back on them. They were, they were not that good, but I thought I was. You come a long way. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, I just kind of kept making them for friends that summer and then making that, you know, by the time I'd started, I had made four and I was like, that's enough to start a business. Right. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's funny. I, I can relate to parts of your story there that this podcast for me started as kind of a creative outlet, kind of like a hobby. I was stressed out with real estate work and I wanted to start a podcast that wasn't about real estate. I just wanted to pull myself away from that. And funny Mm -hmm. how it's just evolved in different kind of iterations of it and where we are now, it's still not about real estate, but real estate gets talked about. But when I first started, it was, it was just to get away from that. And then I just found my passion and my groove and somehow they, they came together. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, you started in 2019 and we're doing it just kind of on the side. When did it become a full-time career? How did that transition happen? Yeah. Yeah. So 2019 start October, 2019 was like the official launch. And by December I'd made my teacher salary in sales doing it part-time after teaching, having to say no to stuff during the day. Like, so my husband and I just started talking it over and I was like, well, what could I be bringing in if I was saying yes to everything, like doing stuff during the day, being able, like actually becoming legal, working out of a commercial kitchen, like how much more could I do? And, um, we, we both were like, you gotta, you gotta like really full in jump on this wave because it, the people want it. Like there's a demand you're having Mm -hmm. to sell out all the time. So I told them that winter, uh, December, January, that I would not be returning after that last spring 2020 semester. And um, yeah, so I committed to not returning in January. And then a couple months later, we go entirely virtual. And I'm like, did I just make the biggest mistake in my life? COVID was making sure Um, you made the right decision. It was like, here, we're going to test you on this one. Yeah. It's like, are you going to stay committed to this? Okay, Mm -hmm. here we go. Buckle up. So What's been the hardest part about it so far? Oh, gosh. Um, I think it's just so much bigger than I ever planned for it to be. Um, 
it also has stretched me in a lot of ways that I am not naturally gifted in. Um, I do not think very analytically. I do not think very, um, I'm not like math minded. Um, and so in a lot of ways, I am very much just doing my best and having to rely on a lot of other smarter people than me <laughs> to help That's business. That's good. Business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To help fill in those gaps. Um, so I can have big vision all day and then I can also have like very tiny vision, but it's like the in-between yeah. that I struggle with. Um, yeah. So I think acknowledging your shortcomings has been probably one of the most difficult things I've faced is like, oh man, I'm really not great at a lot of things and <laughs> having to come face to face with them. I and think that's hard for everybody okay. having that level of self-awareness yeah. to be able to see that and recognize that. And then I really do think smart business is, is delegating out either those things you're not good at or don't like doing, because that's, what's going to hold you back from one being happy, the most important thing, right? but also scaling if you want to. Exactly. Exactly. For hmm. sure. Okay. So, um, <laughs> do you have a favorite cheese? I want to, Oh ask man, that's, it's like asking to pick a favorite child. You know? <laughs> I can do that. I can pick um... a favorite child. <laughs> they don't listen to this. <laughs> don't tell them. Don't, don't tell listen. them that. <laughs> um, I am always prone to go towards softer cheeses. I really like gooey cheese. There is this cheese called excellence that I really love. Um, and then I really love, there is a canned cheese, uh, that is a goat and sheep's milk feta. That's like soaked in a garlic olive oil mm. called Meredith dairy. And it is like, mm. <laughs> I've had it for lunch by itself on more than one occasion. <laughs> I it love is that. so good. I, uh, no. I think, um, it's like genetic too. My grandfather was a dairy farmer. So, er, so I love, I mean, I use that as an excuse as to why I eat way too much cheese than <laughs> one person should. I'm like my grandfather's dairy farmer. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in your jeans. That's it. And my brother-in-law is the cheese, wine, not wine, cheese and beer buyer and expert at Whole Foods in Charlotte. And he is getting, I'm, I don't know what this is called. I'm going to mess it up. But you know what, you know how they like wine has sommelier. What yeah, is it yeah. for cheese? Is it the same thing? It's like a cheese monger, right? He's he's getting that and he's in that certification and he's like one of a very, very small few. Uh, Good for him. That. But yeah, so he was here for, for Christmas and he did our uh, cheese board and um, he's all into so the cheese. Good. He had some I things bet. on there I'd never had before, but um, yeah. fell in love with pretty quickly. Yeah, he did. He did a good job too. Wow. That yeah. I'm, I should be invited next year for Christmas. Deal. Delicious. Deal. I'll, have, I'll, I'll add you to the list for sure. Yeah. Short list, so I won't make sure I won't forget you. <laughs> um, so I, I, so you, you started your, your side business. It's growing quickly. People are in love with it. It's good timing. It's right place. Um, and then you, you move into an actual brick and mortar location, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so where's your location? Yes. Okay. So our apex location, which I'm currently sitting in, um, is our baby, our original store. Um, we opened in February, 2021. Okay. And then our Raleigh store, we opened in July, 2022. Um, so like a year and a half later, um, and we are actually closing the apex store this weekend, this, uh, this weekend. weekend. Yeah. This weekend is the last weekend. So, 
February 26th, our last day, and we will just transition back to only having one store, um, which honestly, it, it's the exact right move. Like it's been hard, but so right. And I feel simultaneously, I said, I'm peaceful and I'm grieving at the same mm-hmm. time. Like it is correct and the right thing. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, our, our rally store is about twice the size. There's more seating. It's in a more walkable neighborhood. It's actually in the center of like where most of our customers are anyways. And um, uh, we've just felt a little too stretched thin with two stores. So uh, I'm actually very much looking forward to going back to just one. Uh, sounds it, like a smart move. Yeah. The Good. second one, having two has almost turned me entirely gray and I'm mm. only 33. So too early for that. <laughs> I'm too early. <laughs> too early. Too early. Yes. No, I get it. So um, did you, do you feel like you tried to grow too quickly or you were growing too quickly and, yeah, and that's better a, suited for one location right now? That's a great question. Um. I, I, I think about this a lot of like, did we push too big too soon? Was it too much too fast? Um, was that a mistake? Um, I, I think the timing of the two stores opening 15 months apart mm-hmm. was the most stressful thing in my entire life. Um, I don't necessarily would, would recommend that to yeah. a lot of people, but at the same time, uh, we had to make a move towards Raleigh. Like it was a necessity, I think. Um, there were a lot of cheese board businesses popping up in Raleigh and we knew if we did not make a move towards our main clientele, uh, we were going to lose them to oh, some other cheese yeah. board businesses um, who were in the area who, um, and I, I did some polls on social media, just kind of seeing where everybody was at. Like, Hey, answer honestly, like, have you chosen another cheeseboard company that's closer because you don't want to drive to Apex? And the percentage was too high for me. Wow. Well, <laughs> that sounds like you did some very smart homework with deciding to go to one location. It sounds like a good strategy versus a, I messed up. I, I've, I've messed up yeah. plenty of businesses. I've been in business for a long, long time, done different things other than real estate. I've closed multiple businesses. And I'm thinking back to at one point, I owned my own real estate firm that with a partner that we had to close. And one of the reasons I believe we closed was we tried to grow too quickly. And we were doing all the things that were were with a tunnel vision of trying to grow, but they were coming from a, not the right spot. It wasn't Mm -hmm. client centered any longer. It was just what I thought took to grow a, a real estate company. And it ended up, I think, costing me not only that business, but some personal relationships, unfortunately. So I can, that's the space I was coming from when I asked the question, but as you explain it, it sounds like a, like a strategy move and it sounds like a good one. It is a strategy move, but it was not in my mind always like that. I think when, you know, the opportunity first got presented to us, we have somebody who is moving into this space who's very excited about it. And that it kind of fell into our laps at the beginning of the month. Um, But when it happened, it immediately was not, Oh, this is so smart. It's, (laughs) Oh my gosh, sure. like this is my baby. This is my original one. And I'm having to say goodbye. Like there's been so much love poured into this store. I can't believe, you know, it felt like a failure. It did yeah. not feel like, oh, it's only strategy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, let me ask you this. What if it is failure? Like I, yeah, I, I it's okay. Yeah, right? it is okay. And that's the yeah. question I love having now as I'm 
a little bit more older and and I've matured because I couldn't deal with failure when I was younger. And now as yeah. a parent also, I want to reframe that for my kids right. and that it's just a learning lesson, right? And for so sure. being okay with the F word, <laughs> my son says the yeah, other yeah. F word way too much, but <laughs> failure, I'm, I, I'm okay with that. Like, and I wasn't always, like I'm trying yeah. to be okay with that, I guess. Yep, absolutely. I think there have been a lot of things that we have not failed at as a business and us having some failure under our belt is a good thing. And it means we're growing in the right direction. And it means we're, you know, pushing ourselves in ways that we need to be pushed. And um, I think without the apex store, the rally store would not exist. I think that's where I've landed is we wouldn't have even considered a second store had we not opened this original store. And it was with the profits from this store that we were able to open Mm. the second store. So it's all it had to, yeah, it had to happen the way it happened, you know? That's right. So what are you most excited about right now? Man, I'm excited about going down to one store. (laughs) (laughs) That is like the only thing on my mind. I've been, I've been kind of here, uh, kind of, reorganizing, throwing things away, packing things up uh, to get ready for the big move that's going to happen on Monday and Tuesday. And I just even the sense of relief, I feel that um, just being able to be more present with my daughter and Mm. I'm actually ready to take a step back a little bit and kind of let my team run the day-to-day logistics of the store and me just cover like classes and catering. Um, I'm very much trying to ease back a little bit. Um, well, that's, that's a good segue. So what are the different facets of your business other than, well, I don't even want to make any assumptions. So tell us what, what do you do at Raleigh Cheesy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, the storefront itself, we have an entire retail section, um, that has a fridge as well as dried goods for, if you ever wanted to make your own cheese board, we have cheeses there. We have meat, we have, crackers we have jams all the little things and then like some other little fun local goods um that we really love like things that um we have like oatmeal cream pies from a bakery in holly springs that we love and um lots of other good stuff and then we also sell like miniature cheese boxes in the fridge that uh, range from a date box that's like 48 dollars all the way down to like a 14 dollar bite box which is just basically like a tiny lunchable, but okay. more elevated. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people will come in and they'll get a box. They might sit, they might have a little lunch uh, or get some work done. We have Wi-Fi and stuff. We have lots of tables, um, but mostly people are ordering larger boards that they will pre-order online and come and pick up for an event they're having that night or like a brunch um, the space itself, though, we host Cheeseboard 101 classes where people can come and learn how to make their own board. Um, people also rent it out for like birthday parties or bridal showers or baby showers, things like that. We've had a lot of people um, who like rent the space and they'll order some food from us, but they'll also like bring in their own and we'll close it down for them. And it, it's been like a great little gathering place. And then at the end of next month, we're doing two speed dating nights which I'm very I know I'm very excited about I am I am very passionate about matchmaking I love it I love when people find love and Mm. I had a series briefly during COVID on my social media that I would post like single Raleigh men for like 
all the women what <laughs> side hustle <laughs> i know and everyone it got like very popular i think i had like 35 bachelors and i'd like post about them and give them a little shout out and all this stuff um <laughs> it was hilarious because i have like a 95 percent female following and it was just yeah. you know guys are usually pretty bad at social media and like apps you know like or at least posting the good pictures on the apps. So it was like a girl advocating for them. Anyways, so people have been asking for it to come back. And I'm like, well, we just need to do a speed dating night. And we'll see how it goes. So oh stay tuned. Goodness. I cannot <laughs> wait to hear about that. We're going to do a follow-up episode. Yes. <laughs> and do you? So when you're... When you're when someone orders a board for an event mm-hmm. or when they when you do a class to come in and make your own, do you actually provide the actual wooden board as well? Like is that part of it? Do people make those with you or you buy them? Yeah. There? So um it's like a 10 inch palm leaf platter okay. that they get. And then we provide all the ingredients. So the first half of class, I teach them about shopping for ingredients and something I call the four C's of a cheese board. Ooh, and then the second I know. Uh cheese crackers charcuterie and then companions is oh. the final c well, um right. i don't i, I know. like all four of those yes me too <laughs> um and then the second half i like walk them through step by step how to assemble it and then we like create a couple little bites together and usually people will like sit and enjoy or if they're like in a rush they'll wrap it up and take it home and stuff but all right i yeah. love that okay so how often do you do classes a lot. Yeah. I do um, private classes a lot. People can book them anywhere from five to 20 people at our store. Um, and then I also, every now and then, like twice a month, we'll host a public class where if you or like you want to go on a date night or something, people can buy like tickets and twos um, and come to that. So where we have people, one this Friday. Where do people find out about that on your website? Yeah, it's all at RaleighCheesy.com and it's under upcoming events. And I usually try to refresh it every week if we have anything new happening on the horizon. I think I have some events posted all the way up through March. So. Okay. In, in you're in a you're in a, a cool location. I like the location you're in in Raleigh over off of Wade Avenue and yes. Dixie Trail, right? And so mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about how you ended up in that neighborhood and what you like most about it. And actually give us the address so people can find you. Yeah, the address is 3075 Medlin Drive. If you are familiar with the Raleigh area, if you are a local that has grown up here your whole life, you probably know about Crawley's, uh, the bar that a lot of people who went to NC State would go to. Mm-hmm. Um, it is in that big shopping center, and there's a little bourbon bar called the Blind Barber that's yeah. still open. Good spot. But no- yeah, nothing else in that shopping center is open. It's only the Blind Barber. So we are actually what used to be a dry cleaners uh used to be pope's dry cleaners and now it is raleigh cheesy we have a big mural that says keep raleigh cheesy and we're next to a framework shop and the frameworks people are lovely um and we that neighborhood is just great i think especially as the weather's so nice right now we have a lot of people who are just on their daily walks and they'll like pop in and be like, Oh, we didn't know you guys were open. It's so great. And it's just really fun meeting people in the area, which isn't something we get in apex because yeah. of the location. So where are you from originally? Did you grow up around here in the area or did you come from elsewhere? I'm not, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee originally. Okay. okay. Like a little suburb outside of Nashville, big Nashville, not the little one down the road from Raleigh. No, not yeah. the little one, the big okay. Nashville. So how long did, how long have you been here? Uh, I've been here almost a decade, ten almost years. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And talk to me about how you ended up here. Why Raleigh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually went to Baylor. 
um, and graduated from there in 2012. Um, and moved here. Baylor's in Waco, right? Yes. Okay. Where Magnolia is all the Chip and Joanna games. That's how I know. And I, Mm -hmm. that's how I know. Yeah. Yes. All of my friends. I was hoping you wouldn't go there. Yeah. Yeah. No, all my friends who live there work for them. So it's great. We Um, went there. My wife and I went there a couple of years ago. Um, it was like, I made a joke that it was like the pilgrimage for middle-aged white suburban folks. And 100%, 100%. When I was there 2008 to 2012, there was nothing there. Okay. It was nothing. Magnolia was literally a tiny one shop thing. It was, there was nothing there. Um, But I moved here because I was, I was very involved in at a church in Waco and they had a like planted a church here in Raleigh. And so I moved here originally to help out, like kind of help that church get off the ground. Okay. Okay. And now you're raising a family here, owning a business and never leaving. Yeah. (laughs) No, (laughs) I mean, it's kind of tough to leave when you name your business after a city, you know, it's not like I can pick it up and take it anywhere with me. It's hard to do that for sure. I, um, yeah, so I've been here, I, I don't even know, 16 years now or so. And, um, have fallen in love with this area and I, you know, starting yeah. this podcast, it's interesting to me that the majority of the people that listen aren't from here. You know, I wow. like probably yeah. 70 or 80% live outside of the state. Like wow. it's, it's, I, I guess that's good and interesting, but it's kind of what I hoped for. You know, I wanted to tell the world about how great this area is. Mm-hmm. And so by having people like you on here, where we can just have a, a cool conversation and learn about your story, like that's what gets people, I think what gets people to fall in love with areas is, you know, Absolutely. They, when they can connect to the people and they can hear about the story of Raleigh Cheesy and, you know, yeah. the blind barber next door, and they can hear about these places that give us our true identity. I think that's what gets people kind of connected. And so that's what I was hoping for. And it seems to be paying off. And so um, yeah. every time I ask somebody where they're from, I, I very few people say they're born and raised in Raleigh these days. Right, right. Yeah. My husband is a local native North Carolinian. He grew up in Mount Airy. He has never lived in another state his entire life. So um, he, he he has gotten me well acquainted with all of North Carolina's ways, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are some ways, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> learn them all the time. Um, so what are, so you and your husband, you have uh, one, one little one. Yes. We have a five-year-old girl. Okay. She turned six this summer. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Okay. So what are some of your favorite things to do around the area as a family? Where do you guys like to go and hang out? Oh man. Um, we, she's a big park goer. So we have, I think hit up every single park there is in Cary. We live in Cary. Um, there's just so, so many. many, so many, like so many great ones. She's thrilled wherever we go. So our park system um, is pretty incredible. That and the greenways, there's a lot, so much to do outside. So much. So yeah, I feel like we're at parks all the time. Um, she loves going to, uh, like the jumping parks and stuff too, like the indoor jumping parks, like urban air and, uh, yes, yeah. all those fun things. Um, she and my husband are big zoo people. So they would be at the zoo all the time if they could. I am not Not a zoo person. (laughs) I think uh, this is not going to recruit anybody to come here. I'm so sorry, but I do not personally love the North Carolina zoo only because it's so big. Oh yeah. So so if if you like that, it's so huge, you'll love it. Yeah. But I, I just feel like you have to walk a million miles to get from one exhibit to the next. And 
I just don't like that it's not here in Raleigh. Like I'm uh, it so should lazy. be in Raleigh. It should be in I Raleigh. Know. Yeah. It should be in Raleigh for sure. Um, <laughs> what's nice about it is there's something called getaway, uh, like the getaway houses. Um, and they're like tiny little cabins that are on a trailer, like a tiny home. Um, and that's my version of camping um, uh-huh. because it's, you know, air conditioning and heated and I'm there's indoor you. plumbing. Mm-hmm. I feel you on that one. Yeah. So it's so nice and so private and like such a little great, for lack of a better word, getaway but it's right by the zoo too. So it's just an hour drive. And so we've done that a few times. We've like gone and stayed in these cabins and we'll go to the zoo and that's really Okay. Fun. Oh, that's nice. Okay. So yeah. you guys, you said you live in Cary. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I call this Connect Raleigh, but I'm people, some people, <laughs> most people are going to hate this, but Raleigh to me is the whole entire surrounding For area. Sure. I mean, it's so spread out. So um, we have been really enjoying Fenton and Cary. Have you experienced <gasps> any good places over there? Yeah. Fenton is so great. It's just so nice. I love all those stores over there too. And my kid really loves, again, like sprinting around outside in that big lawn area. And she loves the little ice cream store that's there. Oh, nice. I haven't been in there yet. We went to, uh, we went to dinner. We went to Coletta. We've been there. That place is that good? Was so good. So good. I've heard great things. Yeah, we enjoyed it a lot. And um, it's just it's just a really nice area. I I I'm, I like shiny, bright, new things. <laughs> so it's like Carrie needed it. I felt yeah, like it really it was, did. It was it's a it was a good move. And yeah, yeah. I hope that it that is echoed throughout Carrie because um, I, I really do enjoy that area. It got us there. We don't we don't typically go to Carrie a whole lot, and so yeah. it got us to make the road trip. We live, you know, literally on the other side of Wendell, so anywhere oh, we, wow. or on the other side of Raleigh, so in Wendell, so it definitely takes uh, you know a minute to get anywhere we're going. Yeah, over on the east side or west side rather. Um, okay, so um, I got some questions I ask everybody, so I want to ask yeah. you as well. So, um, do you have a favorite place to go if you and your husband get to go for a date night anywhere? Any favorite restaurants? <gasps> yes. Uh, our number one favorite, well, actually it's a very, it's tied kind of right now. Um, we are always go-to is Jolie. We love Jolie. That, that, Um, that, that gets on tops of this podcast over and over and over. It it is just, I think Scott Crawford is like top notch. I think he knows what he's doing. Um, and then second though, and it's a close second, it might be interchangeable is actually this place in Durham called Plum. Um, it's a new place and we've actually only been once cause we haven't had time to get a bait. It's just been crazy. But, oh, yeah. um, my husband and I were both like licking our plates. It was so good. The head chef is named Trenton Shank and he, I, it was some of just the most creative, fresh flavors I've ever had. I had this like snapper with a pea puree. I hate peas. And <laughs> I was like licking my plate. It was so good. It so I was like, on peas. I was like, he's doing something because I hate peas with every fiber of my being. And I am obsessed with this. It was so good. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Nobody said that one yet. So now also, as I tell most people on here, um, this is also for me. So I make a list of what yeah. everybody says, and then we get to go try out new places. You yes. know, we have such an incredible food and entertainment scene here mm-hmm. in Raleigh. And I've not even scratched the surface of all the places oh, yeah. to go to. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's so many. So yeah, Plum is a big recommendation. And then, but if you want to stay in Raleigh, I, we also love Cortez. Mm-hmm. Um, the freshest, I think the oysters I ate there were just remarkable. So good. So good. And their cocktails are great too. Yeah. So, so, all right. So here's my, here's my, 
my main question I ask everybody, and I like to kind of wrap up with this one too. So um, you've got some friends coming into town for the weekend and you're not going to be around. All right. So let's pretend your BFFs, Chip and Joanna are coming in from Waco <laughs> and you got to yeah. tell them what to do for the weekend. Cause you're not going to be around. You're like, I want you to see Raleigh through my eyes. Here's an oh, agenda gosh. for 48 hours, Friday afternoon oh. to Sunday afternoon. What are some things you're going to tell them to do so that Chip and Jojo decide to move to Raleigh and uh, partner with me on a podcast? They're there the whole weekend. Yep. They've got two days to feel out, feel out the area and get, they got to, they got to feel everything. I think you've at least got to like drive to Wilmington for the day. Wilmington. This doesn't connect Wilmington. What are you talking I know, about? I know, but I think the fact the the great thing about Raleigh though is that you were so close to like the mountains. You're and right. The beach, You're right. That's you know? actually a really great selling point. So uh, like but they got to come go, right back. Yeah, they got to come right back. But I'm just saying, like, if you drove there really early one morning and then you get back by like one, you still have the whole day. They're taking right? a helicopter. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's happening. It's just so fast, and it's right down. It feels like it's right down the street. Yeah. Okay. Um. So they'll work that and, in. Yeah, they'll work that in. I think you've got to just like feel the ocean, and then I love Lake Johnson. I think Lake Johnson is really fun if you want to go like paddleboarding or a canoe. I, I don't know. Or just Chip even is a out. great walk or a jog around that lake. It yeah. is a great spot. Yep. Yeah. Chip is Chip is an outdoorsy guy. So he's going to want to do something like He's going to want to climb a tree there. Yeah. Um, if you're wanting shopping, I think you go to the village district or you go to Fenton or both. Mm-hmm. Feeling crazy. Um or going to see Duke Gardens is yes. also good. So nice. Yeah, it's especially so as we're nice. coming in the springtime. So tell them to come in the spring. Yes. Duke Gardens is wonderful. Um, or the NC State Arboretum is really nice, too. Um, okay, so now as we're getting into, uh, yeah. let's just pretend we're into Saturday evening now at this point. Because oh, they've man. gone to Wilmington, come back, and they've done a little bit of shopping Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. Saturday evening, what's going to be? Saturday evening, they're getting dinner at Jolie. Jolie. That's a requirement. Okay. You got to go downtown. And yep. then maybe like a little walk around downtown or something. Yes. Like, yes. it's so nice. The weather's so nice right now, too. And it's not going to be all sweaty like Texas is. So That's right. Nice and breezy. You Are know? you listening, Chip? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're listening. <laughs> They're listening. Everybody <laughs> listens. <laughs> All right. So they're 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 going to Jolie. They're walking around the area, and then Sunday morning before they have to fly back and get out of town, what do you what what's there to do on a Sunday morning in the Triangle? Well, you got a brunch. Yeah. You gotta you gotta hit up brunch. I love La Farm's brunch. Yes. I think La Farm is a necessity. That's a great spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I mistakenly went into their second location for brunch a couple weeks ago and they don't have any seat indoor seating. And it no. was, the, it was a Saturday morning that it was like four degrees outside. And <laughs> I was like, okay, I think I made a mistake here. And so right. um, we had to change our plans, but we went there <laughs> and uh, it, I yeah, love it. we went there and it was just going to get coffee or muffins or something. Yeah. Oh, I would tell Chip and Joe actually to go to Fount in Morrisville. Oh, okay. You're they the second to person there. to say that. And I have not been there yet. It's, so great and it's it's chip and joe's aesthetic for sure so they would love it and then i also know the owners though and they're just really wonderful people and so would definitely recommend 
Well, that's wonderful advice. And I think that would fill a weekend for many people. And I think that it would give people a, a good experience of what our area offers and they would see it through your eyes, some of your favorite places. And that's what I really like to do. I want people to listen to this podcast and be like, you know what? I really connected with Courtney. She seems cool. Oh. How am I going to go to Raleigh Cheesy? But I'm going to go see all her favorite places and say, I know her. Yeah. Free stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think you got to come during a time too, where there's like fun outdoor things happening. Like I love the outdoor movies that they do during the summer all over. There are like three or four locations that do them. So those are always great. Well, I appreciate that. And I really appreciate you, uh, what you're doing as an entrepreneur here in this area. Um, I just love that. I love I, my default advice to everybody that's like, oh, I, I'm looking for a job. I'm like, no, 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 start your own business. Like, I just love it when people start their own business and go after it. So um, congratulations to you. I'm super Thank you. grateful that we get an opportunity here to promote you and your business and hopefully um, get some more people exposed to what you do. So um, thank you for taking the time to come talk with me. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. If you've enjoyed this episode, please visit us at connectraleigh.com. The Connect Raleigh podcast connects you to the amazing people and places of Raleigh, North Carolina. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with our guests and with Chuck. Be sure to rate this podcast, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're currently listening, share it, and leave us a review. Thank you for connecting with Connect Raleigh.